Ready, uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. future for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Greetings my fellow galactic travelers and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side as always in the command center. And circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. Hello and welcome back to Planet 8. On this episode, we're going to be taking a deep dive into things that we really enjoyed or maybe we missed during the past year, 2022. Straight away, we're going to kick it over to Chief Engineer Bob. Bob, why don't you give us a rundown of what we'll be talking about today? Well, I decided to go online and let my fingers do the Googling. (laughs) And uh, I came up with a list of movies that we may or may not want to talk about. And I also did a list of TV shows and streaming shows and whatever. So I figured we'd start off with movies. And I could kind of go down the list and we can kind of jump in like, hey, I saw that. I didn't see that. It was good. It was crap. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, We were talking before the show about our one of our heroes, J. Jonah Jonah Jameson, and uh, the one Spider-Man movie where he's looking at Peter Parker's photos and he's sitting there going, crap, 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 mega crap, (laughs) crap. Hopefully it's not going to be like that, but. (laughs) Well, well, we'll we'll see. Uh, Anyway. Going down the list of movies, the first one that came up was The Batman. Ah, yes. Which I think we talked about a little bit. I don't think we did an episode on it, but I think we did talk about it. Yeah, we didn't do an episode. We did talk about it. But I think all three of us saw it, though. Yes. We did. Let's have fun. Karen, what did you think of The Batman? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hate to disappoint you. I actually, I liked it. What? I did. Again, I think it's too long. This is my usual uh, thought on films lately that they're all too long because everybody wants to make a three-hour movie nowadays and I think most of the time they only have the content for a two-hour movie. Um, If you can't tell a story in 90 minutes, it ain't worth telling, right? Look at at the original King Kong. It's like 90 minutes, it's got everything you need and the big monkey dies and everybody cries. So, Well, look at the old Universal movies. A lot of those are like an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked, I liked the Batman. Um, I thought it was interesting. I can't say it was a favorite movie of mine this year. Um, there was, I was pleased to see a Batman doing detective work 
That's one of the things I kind of missed in a lot of these Batman films, because I always think of the Batman as being, you know, a really smart guy who's able to figure things out right. rather than just like punch his way through things or growl at people all the time. <laughs> um, so, so that aspect of it I really liked. Um, but I thought it was, it just felt very cold to me. The whole thing was just kind of, I don't know. It didn't, uh, it didn't pull me in on an emotional level per se. Um, so yeah, it was, I thought it was, was interesting, but it, it didn't wow me particularly. How about you, Chief? I liked it for the reasons Karen did. I also liked, I liked Robert Pattinson as, as Batman and as Bruce Wayne. Sometimes you get these actors and it's like, hey, this guy makes a great Bruce Wayne, but not so good a Batman. Or this one makes a good Batman, but not so good a Bruce Wayne. I thought he had yeah. a pretty good balance between the two. And I kind of like the optimistic ending to the film. Where yeah. He realizes that Batman just can't be a dark vigilante of the night. He has to actually be an example to the people of Gotham City and he has to give them hope and hopefully that leads into the next film if there is one mm. God, yeah God knows what's going to happen with but I, th anything I thought they the left DC Batman universe. in a good place at the end there very true very true uh, you know Karen you bring up a good point before I, I give my take on, on Batman you know poor Henry Cavill I mean, <laughs> I'm back as Superman, the fans, you know, and then a month later, well, I'm not, nor will I be ever again. You know, I was talking with a friend of the show, Jay, who does our design uh, work for our shirts and logos and stuff. And um, James Gunn's brother brother or cousin did that Brightburn movie and we've talked about that before what, oh, yeah. what if Superman was bad or had evil intentions that was a damn good movie uh, disturbing but a damn good movie you know Guardians who knew Guardians could be as entertaining uh, as it was um, but then Suicide Squad 2 eh, I don't know um so, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with the DCU. On that note, I fall into that category, Bob. I loved his Batman, didn't care for his Bruce Wayne. Um, the Penguin, I, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, Colin Farrell's a great actor, but I, I don't know that he did his best in this. Uh, well, I think like, like Penguin in this, and if you watch the Gotham TV show, Right. Yeah. They're totally different than, you know, your typical Burgess Meredith rah, 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 type penguin. Yeah. But, I mean, penguin in the Batman is more like just a big mob boss. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing more, nothing like less. Like I said, it was kind of like um, the Gotham series. But, but in any case, um, I did not buy the Blu-ray, uh, but I would see a sequel if it came out. So not my favorite movie of 2022, but definitely entertaining. Well, there you go. There we so the next one on the list is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Loved it. Michelle Yeoh at her yes. best. Sorry to jump the gun, kids, but I this movie was just... I was 
so anxious to see it when I saw the first trailer. I think it was on Twitter. And uh, they did not disappoint. Well acted. Good story. Great guest stars. Michelle Yao is just a phenom of cinema. Um, you know, we've gone to a lot of Hong Kong film festivals and seen her work over the years. Um, yeah, just I, I loved it. And who knew that Jamie Lee Curtis could be such a such oh. a good badass? Yes, yes, <laughs> I agree. And and bringing back, um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, um, Mr. Kwan. Um, Indiana Jones friend, short round, Goonies. Okay. Uh, great God, that, that whole dialogue that they had about, you know, even if we bought a laundromat and, you know, struggled paying taxes, you know, I'd still find you. And, oh, just great, great movie. Well, I mean, they, sometimes when movies jump around from, for better lack of a better word, multiverse to multiverse or dimension right. to dimension or what have you, or time travel tends to be a big mess, but this one handled it like really well. I agree. Where and, everything and tied like, into everything else. Right. The, the other thing I like is we will not see a sequel to this film. Well, yeah. It, it is its own story, which is what the first Matrix movie should have been. But anyway. <laughs> uh, well, well, that's what a lot of movies should have been, but. <laughs> well, I, I will say that. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I I saw the first 30 minutes of this movie uh, when I was in Canada, uh, not in a theater, in someone's home, and um, I just couldn't get into it. Well, see, that's because you saw the Canadian version. Yeah, maybe that was it. You know, everything was like going a different direction. I, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. I didn't find it funny. Um, I just didn't, and I, I like Michelle Yeoh. I think she's, she's great, but I just, it just didn't do anything for me. Now, you, you know, this was also after a lot of travel and other stuff going on, losing my luggage. So maybe I wasn't in the frame of mind to watch it. I don't know. Cause uh, yeah, I hear everybody else just, you know, exclaiming over it, but, uh, yeah. Well, that's the main reason I saw the film. Cause so many people were saying how good it was. Yeah. And I thought, well, I got to see this. Not the, you know. What's going to happen, Walker? Much like Star Trek Enterprise, 10 years from now, you're going to sit down and watch it and be like, wow, what a great movie. I'll be buying the technical manual for it. <laughs> right. All right. So, moving along. Yes. The next one that came out was Morbius. Did, has, did anyone see Morbius? Did not see. Did not. I did. Oh, my. Oh my! <laughs> hey, you know, it was just an enjoyable little movie. Um, I'm—I don't know really what to think about Sony cranking out Spider-Man's villains as heroes. Whether it's Morbius so or Venom, or I think Craven's coming up. It's like I want to see Craven in a Spider-Man movie, right? You know. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Morbius in a Spider-Man movie. But here he is. You know, he's kind of the anti-hero. But, uh, it, yeah, I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, it was probably around a 5. But I didn't dislike it. 
But I didn't come out going, wow, man, that was great. I want to see more of Spider-Man's villains as heroes. Well, and like they're even planning to do things like make a movie with Madam Web and some of these more obscure. It's just like, oh, my God, the cash grab is unbelievable. Uh, and, well, I mean, and Sony, it, I think Sony is so desperate to make their MCU. Wh- and which, all they really have is Spider-Man. So they're right. spinning off no pun intended, spinning off all these movies with Spider-Man's villains or characters or whatever. Yeah. And eventually, I guess I'll bring them all together and it'll be a big multiverse thing or whatever, but... They kind of tried to do that with Andrew Garfield. Uh, actually, yeah, with with uh, Sam Raimi's film as well, it kind of introduced some of the other villains, but they didn't make them good guys. They were villains within a Spider-Man movie, well, yeah, so... Yeah. Which is you what know, they are up, to be. Yeah, for the Sinister Six or, or whatever. It's like, okay, I may not have appreciated like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man that much, but I could appreciate what they were trying to do. This whole thing with... I, I don't get the Venom movies. I, I don't. Yeah. And I liked Venom. I, Carnage, too. And, and Woody Harrelson is Carnage. Get the bleep out of here. <laughs> I mean... Um, well, anyway, see, okay. You know, when you look at like Spider-Man... Spider-Man and Batman have the best rogues gallery of any character in any comic book. I would say the Flash as well. Um, But if you take those two, but now you're taking Spider-Man and you're diluting his whole rogues gallery by having them out in movies that he's not in. Yeah. Now, I had – I was okay with Sandman in in, in the – what was it? Spider-Man 3, the Raimi – you know, he he was not necessarily a, a, a villainous bad guy. He was a bad guy for the wrong reasons, but he still had a heart. I mean, and he was back in No Way Home. Yeah, he hmm. was. He so, was. But he do was. these characters really merit their own films? I mean, I don't think so. You no, know? I, I, I agree with you, Walker. So let's go next on the list, Bob. Okay, next on the <laughs> list. list. And uh, that would be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I believe we did do an episode on. We did do an episode on. So go back and listen to that. (laughs) You know, I will will just say that I watched it again over the the holidays. Yes. I still really like it. And I know a lot of people, it's become a thing to say, oh, it's just a crappy movie. And there wasn't enough multiverse in the movie and all this other stuff. Um, I just thought it was a really good film. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the other the angle it put on Doctor Strange and the things he had to overcome and his his own personality. Well, I mean, um, Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch, she stole the whole movie. Yeah, well, and there was a most lot of it. Yeah, there was a lot going on that they had to resolve from right. WandaVision, I think. And I think one of the things and this is kind of going a little bit off track. I was thinking today about uh, because we just I watched the um, Hawkeye uh, series uh, the last couple of days again, and thinking about how good that was and how much I spoiler because we're going to go into TV shows next. But I was dissatisfied with most of the MCU TV shows this year. I think a lot of the stuff that picked up on the threads of things that happened because of the Infinity War or what or Endgame, whatever you want to call it, the stuff with Thanos, were really the most interesting 
films or TV shows. So like WandaVision and then even Doctor Strange is kind of picking up on, you know, those things that happen. The Hawkeye show picked up on some of those things that happen. So not ignoring the results of what happened, you know, when they fought Thanos and when they brought back the people and everything else. I think those things felt more meaningful and interesting than a lot of the other stuff we got from Marvel in the last year or so. Yeah, I see. I'm going to kind of reserve my opinion until, well, I mean, like, the movies we're getting now are post-Thanos and pre-Kang, right? So once Kang the Conqueror comes in, which is... I mean, technically, he came in at the end of Loki, but his first big role in the movies is going to be in uh, Ant-Man, right? Yeah, and so I'm looking forward to that. Then I think things will start picking up because that's what's going to start leading into the two or three new Avengers movies that are coming eventually. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see, you know, what happens there. But yeah. really, you know, and I was talking about this with somebody online recently, the fact that Marvel will not recast its characters. I mean, look at how many Batmans and Bruce Waynes have been. Look at how many times they changed Bond. And people go with the flow. So you got two of your main characters, Iron Man and Captain America, Steve Rogers, Captain America anyway, that they'll never use again because... Robert Downey Jr. and, uh, you know, Chris Evans Chris don't want to do the roles anymore. Well, why not recast? Because a lot of these movies, you'd have much more interest if Iron Man was in them, Captain America was in them. You know, who's going to be the big star to carry this stuff? Yeah. You know? I mean, Spider-Man is the face of the Marvel comics, but is he enough of a character in the MCU to be able to carry these movies like, well, I mean, like a Cap comics, or Iron Man did. Even in the comics, you have like Ben Parker taking over for a Spider-Man the clone for like a year or whatever. Miles Morales, I think, is a good example of someone other than Peter Parker being able to be the Spider-Man. Maybe not that version of Spider-Man, but... Well, you know, I mean, like Sam Wilson's going to be Captain America, but... You know, you've invested all this time in the character of Steve Rogers. And I have nothing against Sam Wilson as Captain America. More power to him. I I loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier and how he became Captain America. But you'd still like to see more Steve Rogers. Or you'd like to see more Tony Stark instead of well, Ironheart or whoever, you know. They, they have time travel, so they could always bring, if they wanted to... They could bring those characters back and do some story with them. Like, here's what happened with Captain America fighting in World War II. Or, you know, yeah, the multiverse they, is another way to do it. Well, and again, you know, we saw Captain Carter. You know, um, Falcon doesn't have the super soldier serum. Captain Carter does from a different, you know, Earth. Um, that was kind of the fun of the, of the What If books. Well, in the series, too, I guess. But... You know, here's the problem that, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not a problem. Um, we'll see. Uh, recast them, back, keep them going. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Back to Doctor Strange. Um, I, again, I was talking with Jay. The, the issue I think I have with Doctor Strange now, and I should watch it again, is Scarlet Witch started off as a villain. 
Age of Ultron, became a, a good person in uh, Avengers 3, and then WandaVision is still one of my favorite uh, Marvel shows. Just beautifully done. And then she becomes like a Thanos-type villain in the Doctor Strange movie where she was willing to kill, maim, and, you know, men, woman, and child mm-hmm. to, to reach her goal. And, you know, part of the... Part of the story that I enjoyed in, in uh, WandaVision, you know, was this type of depression that she had. And, and you know, she's been oppressing these feelings and and stuff. And, I, you know, I guess you could become evil. Uh, well, it was the dark hold, right? She yeah. She's already yeah. depressed and unhappy. And then this, you, you know, uh, demonic book influences her and ultimately at the end she does overcome it you know when she's confronted with the children yeah 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 and then you know dr strange has his third eye because of his use (laughs) right of of the dark old so and going back to the and i'm sure we'll cover it the what if series is that evil version of strange that he was just so possessed by his desire to achieve a goal, uh, he spent centuries literally absorbing these demons' powers to achieve his means. Um, so I guess heroes can become evil. Uh, it's just, it was hard to watch. Now, one of the things that I loved, and like Bob said, check out our podcast on Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, was Professor X, Captain Carter. Mm-hmm. We got to see a version of Mr. Fantastic. Will this be the Mr. Fantastic in the MCU's Fantastic Four? No, no. Nobody's talking. Um, so so we'll see. Um, he also had Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel. That was cool. That's right. That's right. Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel. Because I, I, I liked her. I mean, in the comics, she was Captain Marvel for mm-hmm. quite a while. And, and then have to undergo name changes and stuff. Yeah. And Larry's man crush. Oh. Anson Mount. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> As Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, and, I, you know, the whole, the whole horror element, too. I, I, because I like horror films, I really enjoy it. I love the Evil Dead movies and the, the other Raimi type films. So I had no problem with the horror element in the end of Doctor Strange. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have a problem with that either. That was that was yeah. kind of cool. Um I I didn't buy the Blu-ray though. Um probably cuz it's streaming on Disney Plus, but uh I'll, I'll go see the, you know, more Doctor Strange. I I enjoy the character, enjoy the films. All right. So next one on the list. Jurassic World Dominion. Crap. It didn't see it. <laughs> crap, crap. Mega crap. <laughs> Oh. Karen, did you actually see it, or he's just crapping on I, it for fun? I did see it. I went oh, to the okay. theater. I did see it glad, as well. Yeah, I'm glad I got popcorn and a soda. <laughs> um, that saved the the evening. It just, you know, it just has devolved. I mean, you think of the first Jurassic Park and what a great film that was. 
and then how it's sort of devolved into a like let's throw all these different things into it and you know well oh we need extra dinosaurs we need this and that and uh, it's just kind of become like overly plotted in and nonsensical and just yeah oh, crap well i mean every every movie too has to have an ultra mega super rex type dinosaur <laughs> right like a tyrannosaurus rex isn't enough like guys it's enough it's enough we need the mega rex mm-hmm. but i mean i enjoyed it more than karen did i think maybe because i kind of know <laughs> how these movies have gone since the first i mean i will say the first is definitely absolutely a classic yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you go in expecting any of these other movies to equal that, well, it'll be crap. But, um, you know, if you go in there, you know, is this going to be on a par with Jurassic Park 3? <laughs> then, okay, you know, maybe it was. And you can kind of enjoy it as a popcorn movie on that level. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I, you know, I, I was, I'm good. <laughs> Give it a try. You got to be the tiebreaker here. <laughs> I, uh, we tried fact, watching it at home and I fell asleep within the first half hour. There you go. So, next. All right. Next. And so we now, did do, we did do an episode on this where we crapped all over it. Was Real Thor quickly, 11 Bob, Thunder. Before we get into yeah. that, rather than another Jurassic Park movie, Give me a reimagined Valley of Guanji, and I'm there. Oh, that would be cool. Well, okay. that was Jurassic Park 2, right? <laughs> well, I guess in a way. Okay, Chief, please, uh, forgive uh, me. Continue. Thor, Love, and Thunder. We can talk about it, or we can pass and just say... I have no, no desire to ever talk about that film ever again. No, All right. So, that means Thor, Love, and Thunder gets a nope. Nope. We get and the, ne- yeah. and the next movie on the list is Nope. <laughs> I didn't see oh, it, no. but no. I, you guys liked it a lot, I so I loved need to it. Watch I think it. that was the best movie it. of the year right there. Nope. Um, you know, Bob, I I think it, it, to me it's it's that and uh, Michelle Yao, everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. I mean, if you go off the genre grid, yeah, you can make a case for like Top Gun Maverick. That's my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. But uh, if we keep with genre was stuff, then I would say Nope was probably the best of the bunch for that last year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Jordan Peele movie. Yes, the big balloon creature at the end was probably not as good as it could have been, but I think the whole build up. I, yeah, I what, agree. You know, Don't give too much away because hey. I still have to stream it at some point here. Oh, okay. Stick your fingers in your ears and go la, 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 la for a minute. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I mean, like I say, the, the whole build-up, the characters were good. You know, you really cared about these characters, and some all, of them were very strange, and that helped yeah, the yeah. feel of the film. And the fact that it took place out on a ranch, mm-hmm. you know, where these people are raising stunt horses for movies, hmm. it's uh, it's very good, and huh. it's always nice to see Glenn. That he's still alive and didn't really get his head bashed in. Stephen Yao is in the, or Stephen Ewan is in the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say go see it. I agree. See it however you got to see it. The next Dream one, and we did an episode on this one, 
And it was technically not, it was supposed to be a theatrical movie, but it ended up going straight to uh, streaming was Prey. Ah, yeah. Yeah. That was good. But it was was good. good It would have been good enough to be in the theater. So, yeah, I mean, go back and listen to the episode on Prey. I really enjoyed it. Probably the best Predator movie since Predator 2. So, yep. I agree with that. Now, the next one, I don't know if anyone's seen it except me here. Maybe Larry. Black Adam. Oh, Black Adam. Yes, I did see it. Yeah, I watched it the other night. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, then we've all seen it. I thought it was kind of typical superhero fare. And maybe before all the modern superhero movies came out, if it was released then, it would have been like, wow, that was cool. But I don't think there was really anything in it that we haven't seen in God knows how many other superhero movies that have come yeah. out. I, but, I hate to say it, but like The Rock's whole routine has gotten kind of boring. Um, and like also apparently he has this whole thing in his contract that he can't lose a fight. And so like every, <laughs> well, it's silly. And every one of the fights, you know, watching him, like he's just like, you know, he's untouchable and he, nobody, like he it never comes close to getting hurt in any of these fights. Black Adam is completely invincible and unstoppable. And it's like, it's boring. It's just boring. Well, I think I that liked, was also in his wrestling contract too, right? probably (laughs) I guess it's in like all the fast five or whatever those movies are Um, fast and the furious whatever but um, I mean some of the things were kind of neat to see like Dr. Fate and Hawkman and Adam Smasher that was kind of cool but they're just all sort of wasted um, in the film and I don't know it just it was just very kind of mediocre you know, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good. I thought was I just... thought the best part of the entire movie was the mid credit sequence. Oh, the yeah. Superman. Where Superman yeah. comes in. And then James yeah. Gunn came in and said, Crap, crap, get out. <laughs> yeah. Fire yeah. him. Uh, I don't have a man crush on The Rock, but I I followed his wrestling career and his acting career and you know, just because he's in a movie I won't go see it, but um I was looking forward to this. I won't say I was disappointed, but little things like bug me. And, you know, here he was, this this uh, god among men from Kandak or Kandak. And everyone's like, oh, this is our hero from way before with this Kandakian accent. And the rock's just like, yeah, we'll just roll with it, brother. <laughs> and they had no- you know, and that removes me from, you know, what The Rock is or, you know, Black Adam is is doing and stuff. And, you know, I, I, sometimes with these superhero movies, if and I'm not a super fan of Black Adam in the comics, but I'm familiar with the Shazam and and Black Adam. And, and I, I just didn't buy The Rock's portrayal of the character. It was more the rock to me than it was black Adam. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think Dwayne Johnson or the rock born and raised in Hayward, California. Yeah. (laughs) Where I used to live. 
Um, you know, when he's in a movie, he's the rock. Yeah. Just like when yeah. Sean Connery was in a movie, he was Sean Connery. Even right. if he was a Russian he submarine commander, he would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would still have Move the Welsh not, accent, uh, you know. Yeah. But um yeah, or even like Clint Eastwood. As great as Clint Eastwood is, when he's in a movie, he's Clint Eastwood. So, you know, the rock is the rock, but um yeah, I mean, like I say, it was it was just kind of typical superhero fare. Nothing spectacular, but... I, I will say, I went to go see it after I found out what the post-credit screen was, so I could see the post-credit screen, and then I was deeply disappointed to hear the news that there will be no Superman 2, nor <laughs> Superman films. So I feel like I saw Black Adam for no reason, no well, disrespect. I think, I think The Rock had all these grand plans for Black Adam. Yeah. He was going to do all these different movies and Superman was going to be around and everything else was going to happen. And then when James Gunn took over, he kind of squashed all that. Yep. And, uh, well, you know, yeah. they, he has been talking about playing Black Adam for like 15 years. I mean, it's been going on for a long time. And really, I mean, you know, he's not over the hill, but he's, he's up there now. And, and this should have happened, you know, several years ago um, for him to portray this character because, you know, he's still looking at like he's in decent shape, although I question how some of that is obtained. But, um, yeah, it's like, you know, you don't want to start a series of action-based films when you're, like, in your 50s. You want to do it, you know, earlier and... I don't know what took them so long with this Black Adam thing. I really don't. But, of course, it's the point is moot now because who knows what the DC universe will look like yeah. in the next couple of years. So if we uh, shy away from the DC universe, go back to the MCU, the next one would be Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which I think kind of falls into my category of just recast the characters. I mean, okay, it was done out of respect for Mr. Bozeman and the fact that he had this tragic death and all that. But, again, you know, you you introduced this character, he was important to the MCU, and now, boom, you can't recast him, he can't be in there. Uh, although there's a little piece at the end. Did you guys see it or what? Yeah. 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 There's a little piece at the end which kind of hints at uh, T'Challa will return type of thing. But that won't be for what, 10, 15 years or something? At least. Yeah, I really kind of wish they had just recast because I think that character is so important to the Marvel Universe and to fans, too. I really think he has a lot of meaning to fans. Um, I know that for the filmmakers, they felt like they would somehow be dishonoring him by recasting somebody else. But man, I, I don't know. I felt like that was a film without a center or so. And I guess it was because they didn't have their, their, you know, their star. Um, I, and they did a lot of good work in it, but boy, it was again, I think too yeah. long. Well, he has, uh, a, he has suffered a death off screen. Right. Before the movie started, basically. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I I probably need to see it again. I only saw it once, but it it felt overly long. Too many different 
dangling plots and yeah, just I don't know. It felt a, a bit of a mess to me. Um, my father-in-law loved it. Um, he absolutely loved it. Um, uh, I liked it more than Love and Thunder. If if that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, look, it, it had two handicaps going in. You lost your star uh, to a tragic death, and it's a sequel. And sequels are seldomly as popular as the first movie. There are there are always exceptions. Star Trek II, uh, Empire Strikes Back, as good as Star mm-hmm. Wars, uh, you know, etc. Um, so going into this, you know. Um, one of the problems I have with Marvel movies now is we have to, um, have a side character introduced that will either be in another movie or a TV show. Mm-hmm. And yep. so this Ironheart person just manifests and, you know, was responsible for this, that, and the other. And, um, I was okay with Shuri becoming Black Panther, no problem. One of the things, and it's interesting to see where they would have gone with this um, had Chadwick not passed away, because they destroyed the plant that gives the Black Panther the Black Panther power. They destroyed, you know, the priest who did the ceremony, and you know, so what would have happened? What? But what Suri had to do was recreate the plant, and and you know. Um, it's too bad that uh, Angela Bassett's character uh, was sacrificed in this movie for no real reason to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the CIA agent, uh, I can't think of his name, was the highlight for me of this film. But, but uh, why was he even involved? I mean, the, he... The whole CIA... really, he, he was funny to me. I, I enjoyed his... Uh, Just... Recapping certain plot points and... Things. See, now, that, bringing the funny part up, Funny mm-hmm. you should mention that. Uh-huh. Um, that was my big complaint of the MCU, and especially Thor Love and Thunder, was all the slapstick comedy routine stuff. And luckily, Doctor Strange and Black Panther Wakanda Forever at least did not have that part in there. Right. They were at least played somewhat little... straightforward. Mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion you can have a little ha-ha here and oh, yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, that's what you makes know, Marvel in Marvel, Avengers. In Avengers, when when um, um, Thor goes to intercept Loki and Iron Man, you know, flies out after him, then Cap's going to jump out of the Quinjet and and Black Widow's like, Cap, th- those are gods. <laughs> don't know what they are, but, they, you know, doesn't look like they dress like a god or some line like that. I don't think that God like, dresses uh-huh. like that or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Chuckle, chuckle. Ha ha. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder was just ridiculous. It was anyway. Um, yeah, I so, mean, he, he yeah. wasn't, this guy wasn't Ben Kingsley funny. Ben Kingsley in, in Shang-Chi was hilarious to me. I loved his, his character and his lines. Well, see, when you have like one isolated character for quote, comic relief, yeah, that's one thing. But when the main character oh, is comic yeah. relief or comic, yeah. you know, everybody's comic relief, then yeah, then you got a problem. I, I like the guy in uh, Ant-Man 2 when he recapped. So then I said, hey, you know what? You need to go get And he was like, yo, dude, I'm lactose intolerant. And, th- and you know, they have the different actors. Yeah, yeah. Given the- that is brilliant. Um, 
Yeah. So, you know, Namor, I understand why they did it. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know. That didn't work for me. That aspect. I mean, yeah. I mean, how, how difficult it must have been to separate him basically from Aquaman and also not making him look like a flying Spock. (laughs) You know, and it's like you have to basically reinvent the character one way or another. Yeah. Um, All I can say is I hope they don't revamp Doctor Doom as much as they did Namor. Oh, my God. No. I don't think there's any reason to, though. Well, there was no reason to touch Namor, but, you know... Well, there were two big reasons. I just mentioned them. Well... If Aquaman had not come out in the DC universe, then, yeah, they could have had him as the king of Atlantis and everything else, but, you know, even though... Well, I mean, Submariner came out before Aquaman, right? Yep. Timely comics back in the 30s, 40s, whatever. Yeah. Um, But as far as the general audience now... They think of Atlantis and a guy from under the water. First thing comes to mind is Aquaman. Uh-huh, so right. if you do the same thing in the MCU, oh, you're just copying. They're just copying Aquaman. I mean, to be honest, the average person probably doesn't know that Atlantis comes from Greek myth. They probably just, oh, that's Aquaman's place. Yeah. That's right, baby. <laughs> well, so, so. Yeah, I mean. Well. It might have been better just to leave Namor out of everything. Yeah. Or maybe hold him back until Fantastic Four. We almost make Namor Russian, Namorski. <laughs> but it's a bad idea, we figure. <laughs> That's okay. Dr. Doom will be Greek, I tell you. <laughs> His name will be Stavros. Okay, right. well, I digress. Uh, Chief, next What's movie. next? Next movie. I have not seen it, nor will I see it. Because the first movie bored the crap out of me. Uh-oh. And that oh, would no. be Avatar The Way of Water. Ah. Did not see. Larry, did not see? Did not see. All right, that. pass. <laughs> <laughs> three hours. I don't go see movie. That is three hours. I, I don't want to see three hours. It's too long. Yeah, I have to so, go bathroom. No. I so I, I did mention before the episode, though, that... Debbie and I decided to watch some some movie from 2022 that we hadn't seen yet since we're talking about 2022 movies. And we watched Bullet Train last night with Brad Pitt. And that was a kick. I really enjoyed it. It's not, you know, some big heavy movie, but, you know, it's action, adventure. There's, there is comedy in it, but, I mean, it's handled well. Are there aliens and superheroes in it? No, unfortunately there wasn't, but... Damn it. <laughs> Gorillas and robots? <laughs> no, but there was like kung fu samurai explosions. So well, that kind of sounds like that Maverick movie Walker loved. I yeah. love that movie. I and you know what? It, I got to say it's all very much paint by numbers, but it's done, it's executed so well. Like everybody on that movie from like the director to the grip to the food caterers, they all knew exactly what they needed to do to make an outstanding film. The and like the caterers, <laughs> they, they had it all figured out. And and even though it's like you're sitting there and you're kind of like, no, like, OK, you know, they're kind of 
moving it in this direction. It's going to go this way. Oh, he's going to get shot down. Oh, the, you know, blah, 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 blah. It, it, it didn't matter because it was all done so well, like so perfectly. Yeah. And, and everything was like the fact that they did have real jets and they were flying real jets and photographing real jets. Like I just, it's so much better than the CGI. Just so much better. I appreciate yeah, it so much. Those all thanks yeah. to the key grip and the best boy. Yeah. Yes. And the catering. And the catering. And, and, and based on, <laughs> on that stellar review, uh, Jasmine and I are going to move that movie a little higher on our uh, to watch list. You haven't seen it You yet? haven't seen it? Nope, haven't seen it Good. yet. We oh, saw Maverick. Oh, we haven't man. seen the the um, Brad Pitt film. Oh, Bullet Train? Uh, yeah, no, definitely definitely check out Bullet Train. A lot of fun. The only other movie I have, which I'm sure you guys haven't seen, is Gen Ultraman. But nope. Um, nope. I, will re- I will reserve that. It's coming okay. out as a Fathom event on January 11th and 12th. So go see that, and then I'll talk about it. So that, that'll we move be on, on your to, 2023 best of list. That's right. <laughs> Shall we move on to uh, TV? TV. Let us. All right, well, tell, the first one I have, which I know Larry hasn't seen. I don't know if Karen watched it. That would be basically season three of The Orville. I did. Which moved over to Hulu with a bigger yes. budget and a new name, The Orville New Horizons. And uh, again, I think they did a great job continue, continually making that must-see TV and hopefully season four see TV. Yeah, we'll see. I haven't heard any word yet about whether it's renewed or not. Um, but it, it it's funny because at first, you know, I tried to watch it when it first came out, see, the first season, and it was like, oh, this is too jokey. But I know you kept saying, no, no, watch it. It gets better. And so I I did. And it really is just like a complete love letter to Next Generation. Um, and it, it got really good. I mean, and they have a lot of very um, strong uh, science fiction stories that they put in there, you know, where people have to make a lot of difficult decisions. Oh, they do. I mean, it's excellent. I think, you know, Seth Farland couldn't go to a network and say, hey, I'm going to do a Star Trek series. So he had to, had to have a twist. He had to have an extra gimmick and he sold it as almost like a parody. Right. And so the first couple episodes, few episodes were that way. And, you know, the comedy element has stayed throughout the series, but more and more in the background. Right. Or, you know, you'd have like in an episode, you'd have a different character each time, but one character would have sort of a humorous subplot going on. Mm -hmm. Whereas the main part of it is pretty heavy sci-fi. Yeah. And, uh, and the characters, you know, are getting better and better as the, as the show goes on. Yeah, I, I'm glad that I gave it a chance. It's, I hate to say it because like, you hear a lot of people say this kind of stuff, and I don't want to necessarily been, be <laughs> grouped in with all of them, but I think a lot of the science fiction elements on Orville are more what I would like to see on, like, Discovery. Um, well, but it's Discovery's not doing episodic 
yeah. you know, stories. They they always have some huge overarching universe threat that they have to do every season. And I, I think that's to their detriment. I think, you know, it kind of hit its peak in the end of, I guess it was the second season, where Isaac's planet invaded with all the robots. And, oh, yeah. I mean, that was epic, like, movie material. Well, they had that one show. episode where they went to their home planet and they went underground and found all the skeletons of the people who had yeah. built the the uh, robots. That was really freaky. As they had taken over. But then that yeah. carried over into the new season where you've got half the crew that's prejudiced against Isaac mm-hmm. because, you know, he was initially part of that invasion until he, you know, he turned and basically saved everyone. But people still remember him, you know, as evil Isaac. Right. And so yeah, that, they did that's some- carried through to this this whole season. They did a lot of good work with, with that storyline. And there was a young pilot who really hated him. I don't remember her name now. Yeah. But, yeah, no, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, Larry? Yeah. You got you to gotta watch. <laughs> no skin in the game whatsoever. <laughs> you got to watch Bullet Train and you got to watch the Orville. Uh, every time I've seen some episodes of the Orville and I always hear, like, PETA. Lowish. <laughs> so I, I just, I don't know, it takes me out of the... All right, well, we'll bring Larry back in with The Walking <laughs> Dead, which oh. had its final season this year. That's right. Well, this year, last year, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, what did you think about the build-up and the ending? It, it was ready to end. I, I think... You know, it, it, they probably could have ended it a year ago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, key um, key characters survived that will, you know, especially those that will be in new Walking Dead series uh, in the future. Uh, the only issue I had was the the Rick and Michonne kind of montage building up to their show at the end uh, you know well i think it was like all the fans really really wanted at least rick to show up in yeah. the last episode and he didn't so it was kind of the post credit stuff that yeah. they at least showed where he is and what's going on but um i'm looking I, forward to that in the daryl season series and oh yeah yeah i'll watch and it maggie and uh, negan so. When when this last season started and, and, you know, one of the big bads was named the governor, I'm like, wait, didn't we have a character named the governor already? That's right. But, you know, so at that point, it's like, well, um, it's hard for shows to outlive the source material. And I think the comic, mm-hmm. you know, it ended on uh, in a way and at a time that and that it was like, OK, it's uh, not enough is enough, but you know this is this is my concern with comic book movies. There's going to come a point in time, and I think we're starting to see some real shitty comic book movies. <laughs> and it's like I'm not saying the genre is ready to you know be laid to rest for a while, but you think back when Star Wars came out, and then there was Ice Pirates, and then there was you know uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, and you know all this 
you know, Star Wars type space movies. And then, you know, it, it just after Return of the Jedi, the stuff just turned into crap and they they kind of, you know, rested it for a while. But um, yeah, I'll, it, it was a good finale. Looking forward to the new series. Um, it's interesting that they have uh, walkers that can rationalize enough to walk up a ladder um, or use weapons now. Turn a doorknob. Um, yeah, but that was a carryover from uh, what was that series with the teenagers? It lasted all of like one season. World Beyond? World Beyond. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I didn't hear that when you said it first. Um, so, you know, we'll see. What did you think, Bob? Yeah. No, I mean, I enjoyed it. I was kind of, yeah, yes, they did kill off a major character, but they really held back so that basically most of the cast survived and it had a at least an upbeat ending. They, they did kill off a, a major character and they did it beautifully the way that she was able to, you know, just say goodbye and Eugene was by her side. And that was very touching to me, actually. Yeah. The man tears uh, <laughs> hit at that point. So, But, no, I mean, I thought I thought it was good. And then in the middle of the day, they had Tales of the Walking Dead. Right. Which are basically a half dozen standalone stories that take place in that universe. Some of those were good. Yeah. Some of those were, yeah. eh. And, uh, and, of course, Fear of the Walking Dead, which I I'm guess will be back. Yeah, and they actually brought Madison back. They let Alicia go off into the sunset, and then right. brought Madison back, and now she's, I guess, stuck with Morgan. Yep. Kidnapped or captured or whatever, and that's where the the season ended, and we'll pick up, I guess, uh, at some point in twenty twenty three. Mayhem will ensue. Yes. So and uh, you uh. You abstain from Walking Dead, right? I I stopped walking with the dead years ago, so okay, all right. So, well, none Fair of enough. this applies to me. Fair enough. All right, then next. Uh, the next thing coming up would be Stranger Things season four. Have Have either of you even watched any Stranger Things? Yes, yes, I've, yes. I've watched all four seasons. Okay, me too. Oh, okay. I'm surprised. I thought maybe I'd be the lone, the lone stranger guy. <laughs> nope, we're strange with you. All right. I mean, I thought they did fine. I don't know if there's a five or a four is it. The five is in the works from what I understand. Because oh, okay. four did end on, an, again, an upbeat note. Right. You know, they all had their reunion and they're all still alive. and Except for Papa. Papa? Papa. He's alive. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. The doctor. Oh, the doctor. That Papa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that Papa. Ah, okay. I thought you were talking like about the adoptive of the, Papa. No, no. I, I like the introduction of the pizza dude. He was fun. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Um, You know, you, you can kind of hide how the kids are now in their 20s but you know well we I, I can see one more season another two or three i, I don't know about that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know they'll kind of be like happy days 
<laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> or the cast was playing teenagers into their 30s or whatever. <laughs> oh, Millie Bobby Brown, she's 40 now, but in the series, she's 17. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But we're also kind of getting, you know, what it started in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I guess this last season, we're getting towards kind of the end of the 80s. So we'll have to see how the timeline progresses as well if they do a fifth season. Indeed. Uh, how about the Umbrella Academy? That was a good one, too. Season four. Oh, no, season three I, of the Umbrella Academy. I don't think I got through more than the third episode of the recent, the most recent season. I don't know. I'm just burned out on it or something. Can we spoil the final episode then? Because I really enjoyed the final episode. Go ahead, spoiler. This show's all about spoilers, right? Just that they're in that, like, last piece of, like, reality and and all everything's going to shit around them. That visually was was stunning and um just the dialogue and the mystery of it really really held my uh, attention i i hope they get another another season to to resolve this i would think they would but you also have like klaus and what he was going through mm-hmm. and he basically found his power that he could be killed and come back to life over and over and over again that was cool and uh it's just the fact that you know, their father, the founder of the Umbrella Academy, was like testing his powers. And just that one episode, he killed him like, was it 50, 60 times? Yeah. Just to see how how fast he would come far. back. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> ah, it took 20 minutes. Come on, let's do it again. Do it again. <laughs> oh, you're down to like a minute. Keep going. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, and uh, they also brought back, uh, I can't remember the character's name, the chimp. Oh, the butler, yeah. Major Domo. And he uh he's basically off being a tattoo artist <laughs> <laughs> in this alternate reality. And uh I yeah, I, I enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, the characters are uh Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Uh let's see, how about how about the boys, season four? Oh that was a rough one to watch. That's very graphic. Karen, you watch the boys or no? Yes, but I'm I'm starting to feel the same way about the boys that I did about The Walking Dead that I just it's a little too much for me and it there's nobody it's like there's almost nobody likable anymore on the show. So <laughs> I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll be watching any more of it. <laughs> well, I I enjoy the introduction as of uh, Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy. Yeah, that was uh, the fact that good. he's a he's a superhero like Captain America, except he's into broads and booze and coke, and and uh, he's like a nuclear bomb too, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean that was probably that's probably the highlight for me of the season. That's that's a show that's hard to watch, uh, but it is interesting, you know. And then you know. Um, the parallels to Donald Trump uh, was was just scary, and um, you know then Trump 
couple of weeks or months ago comes out with these trading cards where he's like a supreme, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, my God, you talk about art imitating reality or reality imitating art. But yeah. But anyway, I, will I watch the next season? Of course. Um, hopefully they don't have like superhero sex capades like this last one. That was just really, really too much. But <laughs> Well, I think that was the soldier boy influence. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do we got? Star Trek Discovery season four. That was good. Um, well, parts of it were good. I think it was kind of more far reaching than some of the other ones. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole idea of trying to rebuild the Federation, I think, is what I like. Anything with Saru, I like. Um, you know, because I'm just such a diehard Trekkie, I mean, I, I ended up watching all the seasons of Enterprise just because I'm a Trekkie. I'll, I'll grin and bear Discovery. Well, yeah, I can barely remember season four because I stopped watching after like three or four episodes and then I forced myself to go back and I just I, I don't know there's not a lot in discovery that resonates for me mm. um, but you know well, I don't think we, it's being made for me so what if we went to the other side of the dial to uh, Strange New Worlds that was I, I really enjoyed that for obvious reasons uh, Anson Mount is just a phenomenal Captain Pike. And yeah, but his hair is getting so damn tall now. Some episodes. Some episodes <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I don't know what they were thinking. That Captain, um, he's like 10 foot tall. <laughs> and that's like 5 foot of hair. It, it's interesting to me that, you know, he, he has, he knows his fate. Uh, you know, he knows when it will happen, where it will happen. The, the names of the people that, you know, he's with, that he saves. Um, and, and they kind of play on that a little, um, in the series. Um, well, they had that one episode where he was a, he was basically transported into that alternate reality or reality right. and he was able to change things and he tried and couldn't. And I think that's when he accepted his fate that, yes, I'm, I'm going to be a vegetable in a wheelchair and but I'm one for yes mine. and two for no. Yeah. You know, so. Um, I liked it. I, I, I look forward to the next season. Um, like I, I said, some episodes were better than others. I don't really enjoy what they're doing with the relationship between Spock and T'Pring. Um, I don't really care for, mm -hmm. and nothing against the actress, but Nurse Chapel is not the Nurse Chapel, uh, that I grew up watching. Um, Uhura... I, I can I can stand and tolerate, but but again, I some of the stories that they're developing this character, I don't know. Well, yeah, I I would agree with you on all of those things. It's this need to tinker with established uh, history or or what do you want to call it? I don't like to use canon, but you know, it's it's like the yeah Nurse Chapel. The personality is completely different. Why yeah. why do that? Why not just bring on another character? You know, there's no reason to have the character there and call her Nurse Chapel when she doesn't behave at all 
like that character. Well, that's the thing, because this is basically a prequel to the original series. So it's almost like they have to be careful, A, not to leapfrog the series, and B, because, I mean, one of the main antagonists were the Gorn, right? Yeah. Which makes no sense. And it's like, as far as we knew, the first encounter with the Gorn was Kirk on the planet, right? Right. So... Otherwise, he'd be on that planet and go, "Oh, it's a Gorn." Yeah. But Enterprise, Enterprise played with Noonien Sung. They played with the Borg, you know, and and they tried to do it in sneaky little, uh, you know. Yeah, ways. but this wasn't sneaky ways. This was like a Gorn invasion. Well, they yeah. they have a member of the crew who has like, it's like, oh yeah, my ancestor, you know, Con, was or, a despot and yeah. was genetically altered. It's like. So Spock knew this when they had Khan come on board. This shit, it just doesn't make any sense. These people want to go in and monkey with stuff. And the T-Pring thing you were mentioning, it's like in Star Trek in the original series, it almost sounded like they hadn't seen each other since they were kids. And, right. You know, because yeah. if they had, and why the would he be looking at a picture of a seven-year-old? That's just creepy. So oh, it's like she, hit her, she hit her height at seven years old, I tell you. You know, that was her people... Peak. They they get like it seems like they watch like four or five episodes of the original series and then think like oh I know everything I need to know to write the show. I, this problem don't come up with new stuff when you want to just build a show off of fan service, right? But you don't really understand the property well enough to even do fan service. It's um I don't know it's annoys the hell out of me. And then it's not to say there isn't some good stuff. I think Anson Mount is the best thing about that show because he's a really good actor and he comes yeah. across well. But all the other stuff is just irritating. Um, I mean, I will say Spock's kind of growing on me. I wasn't really a fan of him being Spock in Discovery, but in Strange New Worlds, yeah, I'm, I get, maybe I'm just getting used to it. But He's Gregory Peck's grandson. Did I mention that before? No. Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know. He has and a lineage. Yeah. That that episode, uh, you know, the whole thing with Dr. Mabenga and his daughter and using the transporter until he can figure out how to cure her, that was heart, you know, just touched my heart. Um, how they resolved it, I didn't really care for that. You know, well, we'll just, you know, create this being that she becomes and she's radiant now. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. That, that kind of pissed me off a little. I invested all that time and emotion and then... Well, that just seemed like the way to get her out of the series. Oh, we got to get rid of this character, so off she goes. She's an omnipotent being now. So, uh, let's see. Moving on. I'll watch watch the second season, and and hopefully it gets better, and they learn from their mistakes, and uh, we'll see. Well, they have to see them as mistakes to begin with. (laughs) They may not. Uh, how about Obi-Wan Kenobi? I enjoyed it. I don't know about you guys. No, I mean, yeah, we, as far as Star, Star Wars series go, I, I enjoyed it. Didn't we cover it? Yeah, we did we a whole did. episode on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it, so in go retrospect, back and listen to that. I don't know that it was a series anyone needed. Um, or the, or <laughs> um, there were aspects of it that I enjoyed. 
Um, but yeah, it's sort of like, well, did it make sense that any of that happened? Probably not. But I don't know. There were parts of it I enjoyed. And then that brings us to the one that I watched maybe four episodes and just said, oh, God, I, I, I need my life back, was Andor. Oh. Now, you guys can talk about Andor all you want. I gave up. I didn't. I watched the whole thing, but it was very tough for me. It's it, The pacing was really slow, I thought. And I didn't really care about any of the characters. So there were moments I thought that were interesting. Um, but overall, it was it was kind of tough going. I uh, I enjoyed it. I appreciate what they what they tried to put out. I didn't fall in love with any of the characters, but I don't think the characters were designed or written for us to. Uh, I won't say because you want to have people invest time, but they're not really likable people. They're they're starting a rebellion, you know, for different reasons. And I guess part of the the fun for me of watching the series was, do I understand or agree with those reasons? And, you know, some are nefarious, some owe money, some, you know, politicians. And um, I, I like that it's ballsy. They have no Wookiees, no Jedi. Um, it's just versions of normal folk saying enough is enough. And uh, trying to figure out what to do uh, about it. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll watch the second season. I'm sure a second season will come out. And um, perhaps the pacing will pick up a little more. I, I will give you that, Karen. The pacing, I, I have fallen asleep on several episodes and had to pick up again later on. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. That's my problem, too. I think that was happening to me on all four of the first episodes, so I just said, okay, <laughs> enough is enough. <laughs> all right, then uh, we go back to the MCU for Moon Knight. I think uh, we did at least a partial episode on Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that was, you know, maybe a click or two above Andor for me. It would be nice if Moon Knight was actually in Moon Knight. <laughs> um, it was fun, um, but I don't have much more to add from from before. I mean, you know, if they do have a second season, I'll watch it. Uh, I think the the last ten minutes of the last episode was a lot more interesting than the entire series up to that point. But that just be so. There you go. Yeah, and the the other MCU was She Hulk. She Hulk. Uh, well, and Ms. Marvel, and I would say, yeah, they—I don't know. Yeah, she oh, yeah, Ms. Marvel. Well, I totally if, forgot about if that. He, for yeah, uh, Ms. Marvel, I watched for podcast podcast purposes, just in case you guys decided you loved it. And we were going to talk about ah, it. Jokes on you. <laughs> um, but Karen said this earlier. Ms. Marvel was not written for me, so. Um, I appreciated what they tried to do with Miss Marvel, and and kudos to to the team that worked on that. Uh, she Hulk, I enjoyed a lot more than I should have. Um, it was just quirky and and um, 
funny and uh, and I like um, what they did in bringing in Daredevil. Oh, and the Abomination. I, I enjoyed <laughs> that storyline a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, She-Hulk was okay. I, I did not like the last episode. I thought there was definitely better ways they could have wrapped it up. But I did enjoy bringing in Daredevil. Love the Netflix series. So he's nothing like he was in the Netflix series. But it was it's nice to see Charlie Cox back as Daredevil. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't have much to add. Then I, yeah, they were just sort of middling shows for me. I didn't, you know, get a lot of excitement out of any of the MCU shows this year. And now I can't recall if it was before we started recording or after. But yeah, I think the best show MCU show goes back to Hawkeye. That was the last show I really enjoyed from from them on TV. I can see that. Yeah, me too. And now, you know, I had like four other series on here, but uh, Westworld season four, anyone watch that? Yes. Uh, yeah. And I need to rewatch, um, I need to rewatch that series. There was so much going on and I'm very sad and disappointed that there will not be uh, a continuation of the series. Because then it might have all made sense, maybe, somehow. Right. <laughs> well, then right. they'd have to do Future World, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Future maybe it's World better that, that we're left lost. <laughs> you know, that was the thing about that show. Like, the first season was really good. It got kind of, I don't know, maybe up its own ass, the second and third seasons. And then I felt like the fourth season was starting to come around. So maybe that, you know, the fifth, they would be able to wrap it all up. Yeah. But now they, you know, well, we're canceling it. So I don't know. But I, that show and then, of course, the infamous Raised by Wolves were those kind of shows that always made me think about stuff, you know. So I, I kind of like it when a show gives me that kind of material where the next day I'll be going like, well, what did that mean? And what 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 would they what were they talking about, you know? Was there something else behind what they were saying? And so I, at least with, with Westworld and Raised by Wolves, and I don't know if I can think of anything else, at least um, I felt like they were they were doing some interesting things that left me thinking. Well, okay. Okay. Has, it, has anyone watched Willow? No. Yeah, yes, I have. Uh, you know what? I haven't, I, so go ahead. <laughs> I saw the Willow movie when it came out and never seen it again. I have no investment in Willow, the character, or anything else in the show. I turned the first episode on one night when I was particularly tired and watched it. And, like, I have enjoyed watching it because it's just, like, totally disposable. I don't care about it or what happens in it. really awful so I feel like I can just kind of watch it and, and I don't care and it's that's fine so that's not a ringing endorsement by any means <laughs> but it's sort of like nice to have a show where I'm not sitting there nitpicking it going well that doesn't make any sense because in Spider-Man 138 blah 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 or you know that's not how the Enterprise works or blah 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 
I have no investment, so I can't be my usual, you know, jerky self. I just sit there and go, oh, now he's running over a bridge and he's shooting rays through his little <laughs> piece of stick. And that's great. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't get to nitpick anything or think about anything. I just well, accept the, the it. The engine room can't be that big. The engine room can't look like that. It looks like a brewery. It's got a little stick, and I don't care how big or little it is. It's just a stick. So Willow is the perfect Karen Walker TV show. <laughs> Willow is the perfect disposable, non-thinking entertainment because I don't care about any of it. And what's funny is I, I was looking at some things online and there were apparently people who are big willow fans and they were so pissed off about what was going on in the series and they were like there you go well this isn't right because you remember that in the land of Hufkapu, this thing happened and you can't i thought oh that's how i am that's what's wrong with me (laughs) (laughs) that's like casual Uh, fans of star trek watching these series and wondering what's karen talking about you can't transport a hoobajoob that's funny alright and the last one is Lord of the Rings Ring of Power which I don't think anyone has, has watched I oh, but there is one more two episodes oh you did okay three um they're good um I, I just uh, oh we started moving and so I stopped watching it so now that we're <laughs> finished moving we're gonna get back into it I don't know. I, I was so bored by the movies that I can't bring myself to watch more of that kind but, of but stuff. But they may have sticks and things will shoot out of the sticks, Bob. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, well, oh, I almost forgot. Peacemaker. Oh, wait, wait. hold on, hold on. Karen, did, have you watched the... Uh... No, I, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, the books, the movies, but when I saw they had Galadriel in armor with a sword, I was like, I'm out. That's all I have to say. Well, she she's rotoscoped, if that helps. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> okay, okay, you can move on now. Peacemaker. Peacemaker. I saw one episode, but that's it so far. The the first episode, I assume? Yeah. 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 Um, I, you know, Bob, I, Karen, I can't tell you guys why I love that series so much. Um. The, the dialogue, the acting. I'm not a big John Cena fan by any stretch of the imagination, but this it, it speaks to me. I I, I really enjoy uh, the theme song. You know, them dancing in the beginning, and it makes no sense, but um, the story was good. The the, the ending was fantastic. Um, I hope this is not a casualty of the of the new DCU. Um, but if it is, so be it. Uh, I loved it so much, I bought the Blu-ray. So, what? Uh, yeah. Wow. Physical media. Amazing. If we ever do a video version of the show, I want us to do the intro dance. Uh, <laughs> oh, I want us to do the Space 1999 thing where everybody turns. <laughs> anyway. Well, speaking of a dance, I forgot one series. And that would be Wednesday. Oh, wait, that was it. Uh, yeah, that came out 2022. That was fun. Yeah. It was a good series. No, I, I had a lot of fun with that series. I thought I thought the actress did a great job as Wednesday. 
you know, Uncle Fester was all all the characters were good. Much Indeed. much better than uh, Rob Zombie's monsters take. Yeah, that was kind of sad. Um, I wanted to like the monsters more than I did, but the monsters. I love the original series, and this one kind of sucked on so many levels. Yeah. But I didn't see either of those. Wednesday would be a good thing to check out. Very much the same type of vibe as uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Which I also did not see. Oh, another one worth watching. But I will give a shout out to What We Do in the Shadows, which this last season was just utterly hilarious. I agree. I, I love that series. Um, we've talked about it before. Highly recommend it. Um, we forgot Werewolf by Midnight. By Night. By Night. Sorry. See, it was kind of, well, that was like a special, much like the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. So I didn't really, couldn't categorize that as a movie or a TV series, but but it was enjoyable. It was. It was cool. A cool good story, throwback. good effects. Uh, Michael Gian, Giancino, yeah. uh, first directorial uh, debut. And the making of is a lot of fun. His brother uh, did the making of, and they did home movies as kids, and those home movies are hilarious. Um, so I would recommend that uh, also. I'm so, Okay, so I'm thinking that's the end I of our... I think that covers everything. 2022 uh let me ask you guys are there any any shows or things that you from the past not necessarily 2022 that you binged uh in your off time well yeah debbie and i binged our way through the netflix daredevil because she hadn't seen it nice we recently finished that as of a few nights ago nice that's a good series uh Yours truly, Kino Lorber. Um, if you guys haven't checked them out, check them out. They come out with a lot of different DVDs and Blu-rays and special editions. Um, they did a beautiful job on the Night Stalker uh, series. Uh, but um, the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one can see what we're doing. I know you guys. Um <laughs> Rod Serling's Night Gallery. Uh, they they came out uh, with Blu-ray of all three seasons, and um, they have a lot of guests on there doing commentary. Um, so I've kind of been going uh, back and forth with that um, during downtime. Uh, Karen, well, I uh, got blasted away from the Earth. <laughs> as the nuclear dumps exploded on the moon and I've been oh, stuck no. on, on moon base alpha for some insane reason. Well, I know exactly why, because I listened to the inglorious Trexperts ah. podcast and it seems like half the time those guys are talking about space 1999. So I started watching space 1999. So I've been binging that when I can. God, I remember and, um, when space 1999 came out. And it was sort of like yeah. Star Trek was big in syndication and there was mm -hmm. rumors of a new series, rumors of a movie, nothing was happening. And then here came Space 1999. Yep. And that was like the big thing back then. I, I love the, the ship 
the Eagle uh, Eagle One, but I could not get into that series. I couldn't either as a kid, and now that I'm watching it, it's like it, the whole tone is so completely different from Star Trek, but it's so very 70s because it's like basically these people are completely helpless and they, they're being shot through space and things just happen to them. They have no control really over their fate. Well, you can't um, really steer a moon. You can't steer the moon much, you know. <laughs> There's some gravitational things that they can do. And, and the thing is, when I was a kid, too, I was such a little, like, smarty pants. I was like, well, the moon couldn't possibly go so fast that it could go through other solar systems. And now I'm just like, it's okay, whatever. It's like Willow and his little <laughs> stick. It's fine. Let's not worry about it. So, Well, I think yeah, the funny been, thing about Space 1999 was, you know, Jerry Anderson got done with UFO. Right. And Lord Lou Grade, who had been financing all the... Supermarination shows and UFO and everything else. He and the BBC said, okay. I mean, originally he wanted to do a second season of UFO. And they said, well, no, you can do something like UFO, but it can't take place on Earth. We don't want it taking place on Earth. So he's like, okay, well, I'll put it on the moon and blow it out of orbit. So <laughs> no episode could even possibly take place on Earth. At first, he was saying, well, I'll blow up Earth. And that's, no, that's a little too much. <laughs> Let's just blow the moon out of orbit. And we, we could, well, we could easily do a show on this and all the things. It was going to be oh, a half-hour show. Will. It was going to be, then it became an hour show. But, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. But he also basically hired Martin Landau and Barbara Bain mm -hmm. based on Mission Impossible. Right. And then when they got over there to start the show... He didn't realize there was so much time between, what was it, 10 years or some, 10, 12 years between Mission Impossible and Space 1999? And Jerry Anderson was, oh, God, they're so old. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, well, I think that covers everything. That covers a lot. We still have more show to give our listeners. Uh, as of the recording of this show, we heard of the tragic news that uh, Hawkeye himself, Jeremy uh, Renner, uh, was in an accident. And uh, we wish him well. A Bob, tragic snowplow slash snowcat accident, right? Okay. And somehow right. yeah. he was plowing the street in front of his Tahoe home and uh, somehow got his leg stuck underneath the snowplow. Mm-hmm. And uh, bled profusely. Luckily, one neighbor was a doctor and was able to run over and put on a tourniquet and, you know, keep him alive, basically, until paramedics could get there. As of this recording, he's still in the hospital in critical but stable condition. I don't know mm. how he can be critical but stable, but it's a uh, touch well, and go now. I mean, we'll see what the future holds for Jeremy Renner. We wish him yeah, well. This affects and, uh, his career. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, it is time for our sensor sweep, where uh, one of your uh, crew members from uh, Planet 8 uh, shares a item uh, that we have received or purchased. And this episode, all three crew members will be sharing 
an item that we received over the Christmas holiday. Um, in keeping uh, with, uh, actually, no. Let's uh, start off with Chief Engineer Bob. Bob, <laughs> what do you got for us? You have to be in keeping with something. Yeah, I, was, uh, I didn't want to spoil uh, what what Karen. Yeah, I, I got I got nothing that had anything to do with anything we spoke about in this episode. But um, I got three cool things. One from Mrs. Chief Engineer Lieutenant Debbie. <laughs> Um, yeah, something else that happened this last year, Debbie and I got married Yay! and she bought me a X plus camera in 1999. So that kind of has something to do with what <laughs> we're talking about. And, uh, that was the camera from camera three, really impressive 30 centimeter figure. Nice. Very cool. Very detailed. Uh, my friend, Kevin D'Antonio got me a, uh, X plus D for real. Godzilla 73, which was the Godzilla from Godzilla versus Megalon. So uh, that was really cool. And cool. then uh, my stepson, Michael, got me a Godzilla mug, which uh, was like an Amazon version. So it wasn't like the uh, the Kiki Tiki mug or the Mondo mug, but uh, it is a very cool uh, Godzilla mug, sort of a Millennium nice. Godzilla. So it was a... Very kaiju Christmas this year. Kaiju Christmas, the Johnson house. Uh, my friend, Walkie, uh, did, did you have something of interest that you wanted to? <laughs> I, might, I might have one thing of interest that I'm very interested in if no one else is interested. <laughs> I uh, got for myself a Christmas present which is the Amazing Space 1999 Moonbase Alpha Technical Operations Manual Post-Breakaway Edition. And pretty much anything you ever wanted to know about Moonbase Alpha, the Eagles, the personnel, the why they have different colored sleeves on their uniforms, all of it, <laughs> it's there. So if you have to rendezvous with Moonbase Alpha, you will be prepared to live, work, and do whatever else on Moonbase Alpha. It's, it's actually very nice. I uh, made my first ever unboxing video. It's quite dreadful. Um, <laughs> I, I used my phone, and so there's shadows all over the, the images and so forth, but I put it up on my YouTube. It's, it's on my Twitter feed. Um, but it's a really, really nice book. So... Uh, and so it's from the Anderson Company. Is um, there a pre-breakaway version? There is apparently pre-breakaway oh, really? version, uh, only in our minds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be the UFO technical manual. <laughs> they do make a UFO technical manual, too. Now that I so might have to get. I might have to put out some shimoleons for that. But anyway. Uh, I tell you, that unboxing was so... So influential, your your mission commander popped out some cash, and not having watched the series for thirty plus years, ordered said <laughs> manual. Oh my god! Well, beautiful, beautiful pictures, beautiful pictures. I feel Thank so left so. out. <laughs> there, look, I, I went to the Jerry Anderson uh, website, and everything sold out. They had this one version. I think it was like one hundred and forty. 
versions were made where it's in a briefcase. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the significance of it being in a briefcase because, again, I haven't watched the series in forever. Karen, can you enlighten us? Well, it's in like a plastic, a very 70s looking plastic case. And then it has like anti-radiation okay. pills, which I think were candy and some other okay. little stuff in there. Little um, and- there's a lot of stuff sold out on that site. There was actually something there that I thought about getting you for Christmas, but it was sold out. And then that's how I saw the manual, and I was kind of like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there you go. Uh, okay, so yours truly, your mission commander, uh, a while ago picked up Rod Serling's Night Gallery and After Hours Tour. This is by Scott Skelton and Jim Benson. And, uh, you know, this is um, back in 1999, and it's about 300 and, oh, maybe 360-some-odd pages. And um, it's it's a great reference book for Night Gallery fans. Now, Kickstarter in 2022, uh, there was a Kickstarter by the good folks at Creature Features. And these are the folks down in Burbank. And they offered... Rod Serling's Night Gallery and After Hour Tour, a 50th anniversary retrospect. And and I'll make sure Karen gets a picture of this bad boy. Um, this book is chock full of pictures and uh, behind the scenes stills, 812 pages. It is a hardback. Um, I have a limited edition version. This is number 40 of 300, where the author signed um, this book. And Holy free holies. Oh, I, I swear. Jasmine just about collapsed when she saw how much I, I kicked into the Kickstarter for this. But um, I am very happy with this uh, book. Um, if you're a fan of the Night Gallery, they, they have... The non-Dilly Deluxe version for like 40 bucks if you go to the Creature Features uh, website. Um, they came out with another book on Kickstarter uh, about two years ago. And this was Rod Serling's Night Gallery, The Art of Darkness, which is a great book. I think I spoke about it before. Um, and that's just each of the paintings from Night Gallery um, are in, in that book. But... Anyway, that's that's what your mission commander has to share with you guys. Um, all right, this was a lot of fun, a little longer than uh, than our normal uh, episodes, but that's cool. Uh, look, everyone who has been with us since the start, uh, listeners and friends and fans, we appreciate you guys tuning in each and every episode. Um, we have some good things planned for 2023. We have some fun episodes coming up make sure you follow our social media facebook twitter instagram youtube comment uh share with us some of the things that you liked in the last year some of the things that you're looking forward to in 2023 uh we really do appreciate you guys stay healthy uh looking forward to like i said good things in 2023 bob and karen would you like to add anything before we sign off Oh, okay. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I basically, you know, one goal I think we should have for 2023 and Planet 8 would be to get, you know, we 
basically we take our audio episodes, we put them on YouTube, and we throw some graphics over them. But uh, you know, if you want to see our ugly mugs up there, then uh, cl- click subscribe. We got to get up to a thousand subscribers so we can do more video type stuff on YouTube. Oh man, that that opens up, yeah, some some nice perks on YouTube for us if we can get up there. Um, so but go hey, there, and, get and your also, friends to go there. You know, get yourself like five or six different email addresses and just go and subscribe <laughs> five or six times. You know, there you go. All right. Well, that brings this episode to a close. Again, we appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Until we meet again, this is Planet 8 signing off. Peace out. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.